<clears throat> all right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts right here. Expensive Facts, like always, of course. I hope you guys had an amazing Merry Christmas yesterday. I know that I did. Hope you guys got what you wanted. You know, I got some stuff that I wanted. I got some stuff that I didn't expect. You know, I will say one thing I didn't expect yesterday. I got uh, five AEW wrestling figures. I got Dustin Rhodes, Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega, Luchasaurus, and John Moxley. I was just caught off guard. I was like, holy shit, because, you know, I've kind of, like, wanted, like, an AEW wrestling figure because I've been looking like a target for some of them, but they just never had it. But uh, I got it for Christmas, you know. My father got them on eBay, so... And they were in good shape, too. They were in, de- they were in great shape, and I'm happy I got them. I was, like, really caught off guard because I've always liked the wrestling figures, you know. When I was younger, I used to collect, you know, a lot of the WWE wrestling figures, so it is pretty cool to have some of the AEW wrestling figures right there. I mean, I'm not going to play with them. I'm just going to have them. I'll definitely pass them down to my kids in the future and give them the figures to play with, you know. I'm not going to play with them. I'm not going to do that. But like I said, when I have kids in the future, I'll give them the wrestling figures so they can have fun with it. But again, guys, hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas. I definitely did. This is my AEW Rampage Holiday Bash review. And I gotta say, this Rampage was good. This AEW Rampage Holiday Bash was good. Like, Holiday Bash as a whole was a W for Dynamite and for Rampage. I know a lot of people right now are pissed off about the main event. To be honest, I'm really not. I thought I was going to be, but I'm not. But let's kick it off with the first match right here. We got Jungle Boy versus Isaiah Cassidy, one half... So we got one half of Jurassic Express versus one half of Private Party. And we haven't seen Isaiah Cassidy wrestle like in a while, like on a one-on-one match, you know. Him and Mark Quinn really got some talent. I've been thinking, I just thought about like right now. Like say if Jeff Hardy does go to AEW, which it seems like he might. I hope that he's doing well right now. Because I do believe he's going to go to AEW sometime in the future. Because I really want to see the Hardy Boys have one more run. And it would really be good to see the Hardy Boys have a match on pay-per-view against Private Party. Could you imagine that? That would be fun. That really would be. And you could do a whole story like where Matt, you know, quits the whole Hardy family office thing. Because it hasn't worked out. It hasn't benefited anybody. Nobody's won any championships. It's benefited nobody. It hasn't helped Matt Hardy. It hasn't helped that Jor-El guy, whatever his name is. It hasn't helped the bunny. It hasn't helped the butcher and the blade. It, it certainly hasn't helped uh, the private. It certainly hasn't helped private party and TH2. So it's it's benefited nobody. You know what I mean? Like they've just been there. They like they've been jobbers. Is like what it's been. They've done little to nothing. You know what I mean? So they could have done better. Obviously, they could have just left it at Matt Hardy and private party. Could have been that right there. They could have went after maybe like a trios championship if that comes to fruition in the future. Because, you know, I think Tony Khan did say that might happen pretty soon because a lot of fans want it. You know, and that would be fine. That's fine by me. You know, trios championships would be very unique. So that'd be cool to see. But uh, I definitely enjoyed this match between Jungle Boy and Isaiah Cassidy. It was good. I didn't expect it to be like this good of a match, but it was pretty good. And these two are around the same age. They have a lot of, you know, potential. You know, 
I think where Isaiah Cassidy really had his big moment one-on-one was definitely with Chris Jericho last year on Dynamite. Because, I mean, a young kid like Isaiah Cassidy being in the ring with a future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world like Chris Jericho, even though he's way past his prime, we already know that. I mean, that's still huge for his career right there. Like, Isaiah Cassidy, you know, both him and Mark Quinn, they have a lot of potential, like I said. Like, say if they ever separate, they could do good as singles wrestlers. They really could. I'm saying, like, they go the separate ways. Or they could become one of the greatest tag teams of this generation. And I know that's a bit of a reach, but it could happen. They have a lot of potential for it to happen. So, we'll see if it does happen. Hopefully, Private Party does get a nice push going forward in the future. Because, like I said, they've been, like, not, like, lost in the shuffle. It's just, they've done nothing with the Hardy family office. Like, they could have done so much better right here, but they just, they've done nothing. The whole Hardy family office, they've done nothing. Like I said, it's benefited nobody. It's benefited zero people in this group. That's just how it's been. You know... It just really hasn't. Like, it's really been... You know, it's just really... It's done nothing for them. It really hasn't done anything for them. You know, and I feel like private partying could be doing a lot more right now. And I thought once they partnered up with Matt Hardy, I really thought it was going to be something big for them. Okay, getting to be with Matt Hardy. Okay, this could be cool. Like, they could get, like, a little bit of a push right here. Maybe even win the tag team titles. But it's they've done nothing with Matt Hardy. They really need to get away from Matt Hardy right now. That's just what I feel. The whole Hardy family office should just end right now. Because like I said, they've done nothing. They haven't done anything at all. They've done zero. I mean, yeah, the Butcher and the Blade got a tag, got a tag team title shot against um, the Lucha Bros back in September. But did they win? I didn't think so. You know what I mean? Like, they could have done like so much more. Maybe they could have done a program with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, but... Obviously, they can't now because we all know what happens in the main event. I mean, we already know they did a program with Matt and Sammy, and we all know how that worked out. It ended on a good note, but it was ugly. It was an ugly feud. Definitely one of the worst feuds AEW's ever had. I will admit that. It could be number one. Or, well, it could be. It definitely could be. Um, like I said, this match was enjoyable. We did see Christian Cage and Luchasaurus at ringside, you know, and Mark Quinn tried to do some shit, and so did Matt Hardy and Christian Cage. And Luchasaurus took out Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy and George Jarrell at ringside, so there were much of distractions afterwards. Even before that whole ha- that whole thing happened right there, you know, I really love that move right there that Isaiah Cassidy did on Jungle Boy where he did, like, a whole, like, spinning move on when he was flying on him outside the ring. That was really cool to see. That was really cool. You know, and hopefully we do get to see Private Party more on TV. Hopefully they don't disappear for a while after this match. Hopefully they're on TV a lot more in 2022 because they started off pretty hot in 2021 being with Matt Hardy, you know, and um, getting an Impact Wrestling Tag Team title shot, I believe was against um, the Good Brothers. But ever since then, it's been... They've done zero, it feels like. You know what I mean? They deserve to be on Dynamite and Rampage at least every couple weeks. Not like 
where they get lost in the shuffle because they really have been lost in the shuffle, I have to say. And I have to take that back because they have been, like, lost in the shuffle. They really have been. They could do so much more. And hopefully 2022 they break out. Maybe because I believe Santana Ortiz are going to win the tag team titles next. Maybe after Santana Ortiz win the tag team titles, Private Party wins. They could always do that. They could always do that. You know, maybe they go to Mexico and wrestle. Private Party, maybe maybe they do a program with FTR. They could always do something like that. That's perfectly fine. But this match was definitely enjoyable, and I thought it was good. You know, looking at Jungle Boy right now, like... Like, I am looking forward to seeing him and Luchasaurus face the Lucha Bros, which most likely will be at Battle of the Belts on January 8th. But I really want to see Jungle Boy go after... Go after a championship, like a regular singles championship, whether it's the TNT title or the AEW World Heavyweight title... I don't know. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if him and Luchasaurus beat the Lucha Bros. I wouldn't be surprised, and I actually wouldn't mind it. But I feel like Jungle Boy should not be, you know, shouldn't be, you know, doing the tag team wrestling stuff. That's just how I feel. I mean, him and Luchasaurus are a good team. But I want to see Jungle Boy really elevate himself in 2022 and be more of a singles competitor. Like, he kind of has been this year. He really did turn into more of a singles competitor when you think of it. I just don't want to see him doing tag team mostly. I don't want to see him mostly doing tag team shit all of 2022. That's just how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully by 2022, sometime next year, hopefully he's got a singles championship, whether it's the TNT title or even the world title. That's fine by me. Either one is fine. Either one is fine by me. We did see Jungle Boy get Isaiah Cassidy in the snare trap. He was trying to escape for a couple seconds right there. But he wound up tapping out, and Jungle Boy gets the win over Isaiah Cassidy. An enjoyable match to start off AEW Rampage Holiday Bash. Really enjoyable. Big win for Jungle Boy going forward with him and Luchasaurus going after the world tag team titles. I kind of like the other story, like if Isaiah Cassidy, you know, would have injured Jungle Boy, that private party would be the number one contenders. I mean, that would be a good match to see the prior, see prior Party versus the Lucha Bros. That would be enjoyable. But still, I feel like Santana and Ortiz are the next guys to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. And they should be. So we came back from commercial. We saw Miro. So he was like, we don't know where the hell he is. We haven't heard from Miro in a while. I believe it was after he lost to Brian Danielson. was like the last time we heard from him. I don't know if it was like a week or two later we heard from him. So it's been a while, and, you know, he said he's going to come back, and I believe he said he's going to go after the world title, or maybe he'll go back after the TNT title because he hasn't had a rematch yet, you know, basically, like, he's, like, saying that he healed himself, and I did believe the reason why he lost the TNT title is because he was hurt. That's why it took, like, almost two months off before he stepped in for John Moxley to face Orange Cassidy in the uh, Eliminator Tournament to get a shot at the world title, and then he had the match with Danielson, and then he steps away again for a little while. Because I guess he healed up a little bit. Now he's healing up completely right now. You know, maybe he is going to go after the world title. Like, maybe maybe on January 5th, maybe he costs Brian Danielson the world title. Or maybe he goes after whoever. Like, whoever wins, whether it's Hangman or whether it's Brian, he's going to go after whoever. Which makes sense. Like, okay, he gets his shot then. 
Like, maybe that's the big money program they want to do right there is either Miro versus Danielson or Miro versus Hangman. I still don't believe Hangman's going to lose. I don't believe he's losing to Danielson. I just don't see it happening. Because you're going to do all that build-up for Hangman to become world champion. He's just going to lose it within a span of two months. That just doesn't seem right. After all that build-up they had with Hangman and Kenny... I can't see Hangman losing to Danielson. If this was, like, further into his title reign, if this was, like, in May, then I could see it, but it's so early. Like, right away they're going to do that? It doesn't make sense. So, I think they're going to do something with Hangman and Miro because I believe Hangman will beat Brian on January 5th on their debut of TBS on Dynam- for Dynamite, and I'll be there. So, hopefully by the end of the night, everybody will be chanting Cowboy shit. That's all I'm hoping for, and I believe it'll happen. But now we get to the next match right here, and I gotta say, like the like, um, I have to say the match I enjoyed the least because there were no bad matches on this card. Every match was good in its own way. There was no match that was a squash match or just wasn't good at all. Every match on this card was good. So my least favorite match, I would say, was Jungle Boy versus Isaiah Cassidy. That's nothing against those two guys. They put on a good match. If I had to pick, I would say that's my least favorite because I enjoyed. Every match on this card, that was just my least favorite. My favorite match was the main event between Sammy and Cody for the TNT title. But now this match right here, my man Hook versus Bear Bronson. (laughs) When I tell you I love Hook, like I seriously love Hook. Like this kid is so over right now. This is only his second match that he had on Rampage Holiday Bash. Only his second ever Professional professional wrestling match. And he is so over with the people. Like, it is amazing. And just everything about him, like, he's in great shape. He's got that cockiness attitude, which I love. And his hair, his hair is pretty cool as well. Just everything about him is so cool. He's a lot like his father in the ring. I mean, obviously, they're not, you know, the same body size they're very different but they got the same moveset he's got the same moveset as his dad which is really cool to see and it's amazing to see his father Taz on on commentary calling his matches I mean that's like a dream come true right there like I'm sure back in the past like did Taz ever think his son would become a professional wrestler and he'd be calling his matches maybe and maybe not but we all know Taz is proud of him, especially when he had his match with Fuego. We saw, like, you know, there's a picture of Taz clapping when Hook made his entrance. And we all know he's proud of him. Absolutely. I would be proud, too. I'm sure they had a nice moment backstage. But this kid Hook, he is something. Like, he really is the total package right now. He is going to be a huge, huge star for AEW. He's going to be. I know some people could say, well, if Tony Khan books him correctly, he's going to be booked just fine. You know, and we'll get more to Hook. We'll talk more about Hook and, like, his future after the main event because it's something I definitely want to bring up right there. And it it does make a whole lot of sense what I feel like they might be doing with Hook afterwards for his future. But he's got so much potential right now. He is... It feels like he's white hot. Only after his second professional wrestling match. He's white hot. He's so over. He is so over. 
Like, it's not like he ever wrestled on the independent scene. He comes in, you know, to a big stage like WWE or AEW and he's over. But he had done nothing at all other than just standing around with Team Taz for a whole year. And it's, it's you got to say CM Punk really put him over when he said send Hook. Like, that really got him over. And when CM Punk said that, three months later, Hook was finally sent. Oh, my God. So you got to really give CM Punk credit right there. He put this kid over. And they didn't even have a match. They didn't even have a match. And here comes Tom the Cat. Didn't expect to see you at all. Hey, buddy. Want to sue me? Come on, come sit. Come sue me. Hello, buddy. Back to the match here between Hook and Bear Bronson. It was enjoyable. It really was. It was an enjoyable match. It really was an enjoyable match right here. Like I said, only Hook's second ever wrestling match. And he's been doing good. He's been doing good. He has been doing pretty good for himself. I gotta admit that. He has been doing pretty good so far. And I gotta say, my favorite part of this match between himself and Bear Bronson was when he no-sold that pal- that fucking pile driver from, uh, from Bear Bronson. Like, that was something. That was really something when he no-sold that right there. That was insane. Like, that was really something. That was really someone you know sold that shit. Like, I was like, wow. But this kid has, like, a lot of potential right now. He really does, and the future is bright for him. It really is. The future is incredibly bright. It's incredibly bright for this kid. It really is. And I love Hook. Got a lot of potential. Love him. He's a hell of a talent. You know, when when he no-sold that pile driver and everybody was talking about it, it was something. And he was throwing around Bear Bronson like he was nothing. Like he was nothing. This guy's like almost 300 pounds, Bear Bronson. He's almost 300 pounds and Hook was picking up like he was nothing. Like, oh my God, it was amazing. And then he put him in the Taz mission and he got him to tap out. So Hook gets the win over Bear Bronson. And he's moving forward. Really is something. That's the cat from next door, yeah. But yeah, back to the Hook and Bear Bronson match. Like I said, you know, Hook only in his second professional wrestling match being so over the way he is right now. He's going to do just fine. He's going to do just fine. 
He really is. You know, we'll see where he goes going forward. We're going to talk about it towards the end. But now we get to the next match right here between legit Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. And this match was enjoyable, too. It was like a random kind of match that they added. But um, I got to admit, it was something. This is actually a good match between legit Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. It was good. It was good. It was a good match. You know, and they did say Statlander and legit Layla Hirsch are friends. So I guess you could say, you know, friends right here are going to wrestle. Okay, let's see how it goes. We haven't seen legit Layla Hirsch wrestle on TV, I believe, since when she wrestled Jade Cargill on Dynamite back in Jersey. And I was at that uh, show right there. And the match they had was good. I thought it was okay. It was kind of a random match that they added. And I feel like they could have had legit Layla Hirsch in the, uh, the TBS Women's uh, Championship Tournament. But they didn't. I was pretty surprised by it. But I see her in the tournament. She could have went a little bit far, but and a lot of people have been saying she should join Team Taz, and I would have to agree. I would definitely have to agree on that one. I've kind of been advocating for it for a while. Like she should join Team Taz, and it would be nice. Um, I think she definitely would fit in Team Taz. She definitely would. Oh, there's another cat back here as well. Tom just got off me to... Looks like he's going to go talk to the cat or something. I don't know what he's going to do. I can see that's why he got off me. Oh, my God. This cat jumps on me next. Oh, my God. It's like they're staring each other down. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, the other cat's looking at me right now. Come jumping on me next. But, uh... No, this match between legit Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander, like I said, it was enjoyable as well. I don't believe it went into the commercial break at all. I believe... I don't think they went to commercial break during this match. I don't believe that they did. But again, this is another thing, like how I just said about Isaiah Cassidy and Private Party. Hopefully, legit Layla Hirsch, you know, gets on TV more. Like, not like, you know, I'm not saying weekly, but every couple weeks at least. Because legit Layla Hirsch hasn't been on TV wrestling... In three months. So it's been a long time since we've seen her on TV. And I was at that show, like I said, when her and Cargill went at it. And like I said, that match was good. But they really could have had legit Layla Hurst in that tournament. And they should have. They absolutely should have. You know. Because she could be a real huge underdog in the women's division for AEW. Because, well, she is small. But they could really build up as a huge underdog for the women. They really could. They seriously, seriously could. You know, and I was going to say, you know, really build her up as a good baby face. But I think that might change right after this match. You know, and hopefully we do see Team Taz maybe recruit her at some point for obvious reasons. And it would be nice to really see that. It would be nice to see that if, they, if she could uh, get recruited by Team Taz. It would be really nice. And the reason why I say this is because after the match ended right here, because Chris Statlander got the win over legit Layla Hirsch, and, we, and they did say on commentary that the whole ranking system, you know, resets after uh, the year's over. So, 
But this one was a big win here going in for going into 2022. They both had similar records. Statlander and Hirsch. I don't believe legit Layla Hirsch had an AEW Women's World Title match, just like kind of like Statlander did. You know, Statlander had the title match against um, Dr. Britt Baker at All Out, and obviously she was unsuccessful, but we didn't see legit Layla Hurst get a title shot, other than getting an NWA women's title shot. But obviously that wasn't on AEW television, that was with that was on that was on NWA, not on AEW. But um and the reason why I say, you know, hopefully going forward, legit Layla Hurst joins Team Taz and you know turns heel, obviously. Is because after the match, Chris Statlander tried to shake her hand, you know, good sportsmanship, you know, good match. And that shit. But she didn't do that. Legit Layla Hurst smacked her hand away and said, uh-uh. So I was like, damn, okay. So either it's like, it could be either like Legit Layla Hurst just being upset that she lost a Statlander. And maybe she could feel like Statlander's trying to patronize her. And she tapped out as well. Statlander beat her by a submission hold as well. Hey, 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 don't scratch me. Tom, come here. No? This doesn't want to sue me. But um, hopefully we do see Legit Layla Hurst turn heel. You know, it could be a whole thing where that she was pissed that she lost. But it could, oh my God, now he's chasing the other cat. Oh my God. But um, it could turn into a whole thing Um, like I said, it could turn into a whole thing where it's like she's just pissed that she lost and whatever, but I really feel like she really should turn heel because she's got the look for it too. She could absolutely be a great heel. She absolutely could be. And you get you get her in Team Taz, like a women's presence right there for that group. That'd be great. That would be great to see. Like maybe that happens. I don't know if that's the plan. But you know, if it is, it is. But like I said, this match was definitely good between Statlander and Hirsch. And like I said, hopefully, just like um, Isaiah Casting Prior Party, hopefully we see Legit Layla Hirsch on TV a lot more now going into 2022. Because you could build such a good story with Legit Layla Hirsch if you want to keep her a babyface. You could really build her as that big underdog right there. Like her, like a big underdog because, you know, because she is small, like I said. But you could really build her as a huge underdog. Or if you want to turn her heel, you could have her bully the other women you know because they always say like the little person picks on the bigger person they could always do that with legit Layla Hurst they could always do that I mean that would be something that's realistic because we've seen that happen a lot in real life you know where you know um the smaller person you know has picked on the much larger person because it's all mentality doesn't always have to be 
you know, physical, it all comes down to mentality right there. You know what I mean? Like, you really build her up as a character that breaks people mentally. Could always do something like that. If that's the plan, that's the plan. If it's not, well, then eh, you're losing out on something. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say right there. But now we do get to the main event. We do get to the main event right here. Between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Sammy Guevara came in as the TNT Champion. Can't say the same from exiting as TNT Champion. But I will say this, this was my favorite match right here. There was a lot of action during this main event. It was my favorite match of the night here on Rampage. There's a lot of action. And I was thinking to myself, like, there's no way Cody Rhodes, you know, wins the TNT Championship on a tape show. I just didn't see it happening. But I did read the spoilers the day after uh, Dynamite Holiday Bash. And, it, oh, my God, I saw the angry reactions at first. I was like, No. And then I saw the picture right there of Cody Rhodes holding the TNT Championship. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I, to be honest, I was really pissed at first. I was really pissed at first, but I did read what happened when they went off the air. So then I thought, oh, you know what? Now I'm not as mad. But then I saw in the comment section people saying, oh, he's Jeff Jarrett. You know, he's doing what tri- he's saying. He would never become Triple H, and that's what he's becoming. You know, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you can never satisfy wrestling fans. You just really can't. No matter what wrestling fans there are, you can never satisfy them. Because anything Cody Rhodes does, and I have criticized Cody Rhodes, obviously, for the last couple months. But you take time to reflect on it, and you have to say... Who is he truly buried? Who is he truly buried? Because he didn't win the AEW World title at full gear. And obviously you can't bury Chris Jericho. Obviously. <laughs> but he didn't win the AEW World Heavyweight title. He put over MJF at Revolution last year. You know, what are you going to say? He buried Lance Archer? I mean, it's not like Lance Archer's a young wrestler. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way at all. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying you could say, oh, but Lance Archer was this big monster and Cody Rhodes buried him. But Cody Rhodes hadn't won he hadn't been a champion at all in AEW. He didn't go after a tag team title with anybody like, or I should say like Dustin Rhodes' brother. They didn't do that. And like I said, he didn't win the AEW world title. So you just wanted to win nothing. I mean, and you think of it, all the wrestlers that came in right here, guys like Ricky Sarks, and guys like Eddie Kingston that got jobs after they wrestled Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. It wouldn't have happened if Cody Rhodes was if, if he was not the TNT champion, it wouldn't have happened. Because Lance Archer wouldn't have done open challenges as champion. He's a heel. 
Baby faces do that. Heels doing that doesn't make sense. They do it once in a while, but they don't do it every week. Cody Rhodes was defending the title almost every week. You know what I mean? So the reason why Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston are here is because of Cody. And it's because of the TNT Championship. And it's because of AEW. Because if AEW didn't, if AEW didn't exist, you think Eddie Kingston would want to go to WWE? No, in all seriousness, how, how watered down he would be. They asked him to be a trainer. What kind of a slap in the face is that? And you know what Eddie Kingston did? He won a main event in full gear last year for AEW. Like, you asking to be a trainer? Seriously? Come on. And would they be doing anything with Ricky Starks? Oh, what's Ricky Starks doing now? I mean, he has the FTW World title. He's still wrestling on Dark. He should be wrestling on Dynamite and Rampage. And they are going to be building this story between him and Dante. So at least that's something. I still believe Ricky's a little bit hurt. That's why he hasn't wrestled as much. They're taking it easy with him. They're not going to throw him in action every week. You don't do that. But... I'm grateful that these two guys are in AEW. You know, it's mostly due to Cody right there for the TNT Championship, the whole open challenge thing. You know, and people, they're going to make it seem like Cody, you know, they try to always make it seem like he buries everybody. Well, he put over Brody Lee back in August of last year. God rest his soul. Because on this day, last year, we did lose Brody Lee. On this day last year, I've been thinking about him mostly all day. And I don't want to start crying right now. But Cody put him over right there. But then people are going to say, oh, but then Cody won the title back two months later. It's because Brody Lee was hurt. He hurt his ankle. That's why. If Brody Lee didn't get hurt, he would have beaten Cody Rhodes. But he was hurt. So that's why Cody won and Brody Lee was going to go take time off, which he did. But then until... So the whole thing happened with his lungs right there, and we, and we lost him. You know what I mean? Like, I wish Brody was still here to this day. I really wish he was. We all do. Gone way too young, man. Gone way too fucking young. And I, I really do miss him. So every day on my Facebook, I always post a gif of a... Uh, Brody Lee, except for, you know, Wednesdays and Fridays because I post, like, the whole match cards and say it's Wednesday or it's Friday. You know what that means. But on the other days, I'll post a Brody Lee gift or even when he was Luke Harper in the WWE and post, you know, it's this day. You know what that means. Every day that's now Wednesday or Friday. You know what I mean? Paying a nice tribute to a man that I admired. Because... I fucking miss him. I really do. And I didn't even know the man. I didn't even know the man, but I miss him so much. I miss seeing him in the ring. So God bless him and God bless his family. Just don't want to get too emotional. I don't want to start crying and getting upset right now. But then now the back to Cody Rhodes here in the TNT Championship. He put over Darby Allen a month later. At full gear. And Darby Allen had a great run as TNT champion. And you know what Cody Rhodes did after that? He started to lower himself. Wrestling the lower card talents. That's what he started to do. That's what Cody Rhodes started to do. Other than wrestling Penta at St. Patrick's Day Slam back in March. He started to lower himself. The whole QT Marshall feud. And the match he had with a go-go at double or nothing. 
that's when he started to lower himself. And did he need to do that? No, he really didn't have to do that. Because he didn't go back after the TNT title. He didn't go after his rematch. He didn't do that until he wrestled Sammy. But Cody Rhodes stayed out of the title picture for all of 2021 until right now. Until this month, Cody Rhodes stayed away from the TNT title picture. He stayed away from mostly everybody. And you could say, okay, in the end, he won the feud against Malachi Black. But in reality, he didn't. Because he still finished two and one, or he finished—excuse me—one and two. Men say Malachi finished two and one. So in reality, Cody didn't win that feud. Like one on one, not talking about like tag team matches. Like one on one, Cody didn't win that feud. Malachi won it. You know what I mean? Like I said, I've been giving Cody a lot of shit, and I still believe he should turn heel. That should be the motive that he should turn heel. And hopefully he does sometime down the line. Because he really should. It would help him a whole lot. You know, this match he had with Sammy, it was great though. We did see Dave Crockett at ringside. So that was really cool to see. I was pretty surprised. Well, actually, when I read in the spoilers, when I read in the spoilers, I was surprised. Like, oh, wow. Like, that's something. And he presented the TNT Championship to Cody after the match. But getting into this match though right here. They had a great match just like they did um, on the first match ever for Dynamite. Like these two tore the house down. I mean, eventually, Sammy, it's going to be just like Darby. It's going to be just like Darby, like how Darby couldn't beat Cody the first few times, but in the end, he won. So that's what Sammy eventually will be able to do to Cody, whether it's for the TNT title or just a one on one match, or even if Cody does challenge for the world title somehow and he wins it and Sammy's the one to beat him, then that's fine. You know what I mean? But to say that Cody buried Sammy is completely wrong. It's completely wrong. The only way you could say that Cody Rhodes buried Sammy Guevara is if he would have beaten him in a few seconds. If he would have just hit him with the crossroads, one, two, three, the match is over. If he would have squashed him, that's burying him. They had a competitive match. They tore it down, put on a great main event. One of the best main events that Rampage has had, I would have to say. Could be up there as number one for Rampage main event of the year. I'm just saying, because these two really had a good match. You know, especially when Cody Rhodes, when he powerbombed Sammy Guevara into the crowd. I was like, holy shit. Or not power, he threw him into the crowd, not powerbombed him. That doesn't make sense, but he just threw him in the crowd. You know, you can see Cody having, like, some heel tendencies during this match. And, like, even, like, when they did the whole thing with Mark Henry, like, you know, it's time for the main event. Cody Rhodes didn't say a single word. Arn Anderson did the talking. Cody Rhodes said nothing. Said zero words. He stayed quiet. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything when Sammy called him out right there. He said zero. You know, and I, I know it sounds weird, me defending Cody Rhodes... You know, but there are some people that are happy that Cody Rhodes won the TNT Championship. Because he has fans out there, obviously, even though it doesn't seem like many. But believe me, he does have a huge fan base. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, it's, he didn't bury Sammy Guevara at all. Like, he seriously, seriously didn't. And that's not just an opinion, it's a fact right there. He didn't bury Sammy. 
Like I said, the only way he would have buried Sammy is he would have hit him with a crossroads, throw off the match, and that would have been it. That's burying somebody. You know what I mean? That would be a huge fuck you to everybody. And maybe Cody should have done that. Maybe Cody Rhodes really should have done that. If he wanted to gain so much more heat right here, he should have done that. He should have crossroads Sammy to start off the match. One, two, three, match over. And then cut a huge heel promo for the last 10 minutes of the show. And say, you fans don't deserve to see me wrestle for a long amount of time. Something like that. You know how pissed people would have been? Incredibly pissed. They'd be more pissed than they are right now. They absolutely would be. The people that were there and the people that watched on TV. You know what I mean? That would be something. I would have seen. If I was seen a lot of things getting thrown in the ring, it probably would have been up to like NWO like type of heat. I'm just saying that would have been crazy. But no, this match was really competitive. And I thought for a second maybe Sammy was going to win. Okay, well, why, why, am I, why am I saying that? I knew that Sammy lost. But of course, you sometimes forget during the match when you're so like into it. You forget like, oh. It's like, it's like watching a movie right here. But you know what's going to happen. But then at some point like you forget. And you think like, oh, it's going to end differently. But no, it doesn't. If that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, Sammy was going for the splash. And he missed. Or even before that, he hit the GTH on Cody, and Cody kicked out. It was so close right there. It was so damn close. When he went for the splash, he missed after Cody got his knees up. And right there, when he hit two straight crossroads right there, two straight, and it looked like he was going to go for the pedigree. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. But he went for the Tiger Driver 98. Sorry for the voice crack right there. Uh, But after he went for the Tiger Driver 98, one, two, three. We have a new TNT champion. It's the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And to be honest, I'm sure you guys probably would have thought I would have been mad after this. But I'm really not. I'm not pissed at all that Cody Rhodes is the new TNT champion. I'm not. I'm not mad at all. In fact, it's a lot to look forward to right now with Cody Rhodes because... There's a whole lot of scenarios that maybe he'll turn heel, but I don't think he's going to right now. What I think they're going to do with Cody Rhodes, they're going to do this. They're going to do a mini feud with him and the men of the year. I don't think he'll wrestle Scorpio Sky because he already wrestled Scorpio Sky for the TNT title last year when he was in his uh, first title reign. And that was before he dropped it to Brody Lee in his next title defense. So I think he'll wrestle Ethan Page, you know, either at Battle of the Belts or maybe another special event before Revolution. And he'll beat Ethan Page for the TNT title. They'll put on a great match. And after that, they'll go for the big money feud. They'll do Cody Rhodes versus Hook. Because after the match, a lot of people come in. It was, or they went, off the, they went off the air, I should say. A lot of people came in the ring to congratulate Cody Rhodes. Even Taz did. Even Taz did and his son Hook. And Hook slapped him. And he walked away. And for those who don't remember... Cody Rhodes did train Hook. Remember the whole story right there they had with uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus Team Taz. And Cody Rhodes said, you know, your son Hook, how come he's, you know, training with me but not training with you? And, of course, after Taz put him in the Taz mission right there, we saw Hook right there. So that's a whole story they've been building up for a year. So, and people, you know, were saying they wanted to see Hook versus Sammy Guevara, but I think even better... We're going to get Hook versus Cody Rhodes. 
And wouldn't that be something? Hook beating his trainer right there, that would be amazing, especially for the TNT title. It'll be bittersweet. And I hope that's what they do. Because when I read that right there, that Hook slapped him after they went off the air. I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay. Damn. So it looks like that's what they might be going with. You know, hopefully they, like, they don't talk about it at New Year's Smash. Like, they keep it quiet for a little while. Maybe they do bring it up. And maybe, like, Taz apologized to Cody saying, oh, my son was out of line. Or something like that. You know, whatever. It's just whatever. He's trying to prove a point. I like, whatever. Some shit like that. But you keep him quiet for a while. Like, like you could do after, like, Cody Rhodes, like, beats Ethan Page if they go that route. If he does a few with the men of the year, that's what I would do. Like, like a little mini feud after he beats Ethan Page. You could have Hook attack Cody Rhodes after the match. And there you go. But that would be something if they go that route. And it seems like they are. Because Hook versus Cody Rhodes, that belongs on pay-per-view. That does not belong on free TV. Like, if you really want to push Hook in a big way... Then his first ever match, his first ever big match has to happen on pay-per-view. With a guy like Cody Rhodes, it's got to happen on pay-per-view. But all right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I'm sorry if, if I sounded like a little bit off today and I was stuttering my words a little bit. I do have a sinus headache, so I've been pushing through it this whole episode. But I promise tomorrow you'll get a lot more out of me and I won't sound all like off and everything. So... I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I will talk to you guys uh, late tomorrow afternoon to review my Dallas Cowboys take on the Washington football team. That game is going to be happening in a couple hours. Hopefully my Dallas Cowboys get the job done tonight. But we do look into a New Year's smash for next week. we got three matches on the card so far. we got Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa in the semifinals for the TBS Women's Championship. The winner will face Ruby Soho. Uh, on January 5th in the finals for the TBS Women's Championship. We also have two trios matches. The first trios match, we have Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia and Matt Lee and Jeff Parker 2.0. And we also got the best friends, Trent Beretta, Freshly Squeeze Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Adam Cole, Bebe, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So that's what's coming up at New Year's Smash. Again, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon to review my Dallas Cowboys take on the Washington football team. And if the Cowboys win tonight, I'll make sure to say how about the Cowboys at the end of the episode. But enjoy this episode, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night.